Podcast where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and I'm pretty sure that a reel of our cutscenes wouldn't have the same effect on Toto. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I clearly don't choose my friends for their looks. Hey, Hendo. It's the it's the webcam. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're breaking down the Italian drama classic Cinema Paradiso. That was a brilliant Italian accident. Accident. Accent. You accident. Just, accident. Just like that. Uh, accent you put on there, Hendo. I'm going to take your word for it and say thank you very much for that. Oh, oh hang on. Grazie. <laughs> Italian. Have you seen many Italian films? What have we got? Life is Beautiful. Um, this. That'd probably be it. Gladiator. Was that Italian? <laughs> Can you count The Godfather? They speak Italian in that. They do speak Italian. Uh, not an Italian yeah, let's, film, let's though. Let's go with that. All right. Before we get into Cinema Paradiso. Uh, just that quick- is awful. What? That was fine. <laughs> that was awful. Cinema Paradiso. Uh, just quick heads up. We will be spoiling it from the get-go. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, you've been warned. And with that being said, let's get into Cinema Paradiso. Cinema Paradiso. Awful. That's the last time I do it as well, by the way. Thank you. So, Cinema Paradiso, released in 1988, written and directed by Giuseppe Tornatore. Giuseppe. Of course his name's Giuseppe. <laughs> Is there a more Italian name than Giuseppe? Mario. Mario's not Italian. That's North American for plumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I expected that to go. <laughs> okay. Dare I ask where? <laughs> no, you are not. So the story is a filmmaker recalls his childhood when falling in love with the pictures at the cinema of his home village and forms a deep friendship with the cinema's projectionist. It stars, all right, <laughs> I've got to break the Italian out again here, Jacques Perrin, Philippe Noret, Leopoldo Trieste, Marco Leonardi, Agnes Nano, and Salvatore Casico. Okay, very good. You can't judge me. You, you could not do that. I could do that. I could do that much, much, much better than you could. I'm pretty sure I can speak Italian to like a second grade level, all right? I didn't want to bring it up. Second grade, that's cute. I didn't want to bring it up, but... Can I Can I just say, can I just say, I won the Italian award at grade six, so suck it. Holy shit. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I actually saw that uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Did I, did I tell you that? No. But I expected you would have seen that eventually. Well, I was standing in the hall waiting to pick up uh, my son, and there my name was, winning the you know the Ducks Award for the year, and <laughs> there I see you with your little Italian award. I was like, oh, that's cute. Look at Endo. Good <laughs> for you. School. Good I bet you. I bet you had all those colours memorised. <laughs> Here's an Italian name you know. Music by Ennio Morricone. Yes. The great man himself. Yes, he's done uh, music for several breakdowns we've done so far, including The Thing, Once Upon a Time in America, and The Hateful Eight, as well as other top 250 films, including Once Upon a Time in the West, Battle of Algiers, and For a Few Dollars More. 
Nice. And I've got to tell you, there is bugger all trivia out there about this film. I searched high and low to find some stuff, but all I've got is that it was released in Italy on the 17th of November <laughs> in 1988. Are you serious? You have a release date and that's it? <laughs> Well, I usually give up a hot, like, you know, casting choices and all that sort of stuff before I talk about the release date. I don't know any of that. About? I've just looked at the trivia. There's heaps of trivia. You're making out like there's like five bits of info. There's at least 20. <laughs> Nothing worthy. Did you know that by the end of 1956, Italy had 17,000 movie theaters? Is that trivia about the film? The most in Europe. <laughs> And that's the second highest rated piece of trivia. What a joke. Oh, this one's pretty interesting. Philippe Noré said all of his lines in French, his native language, and then was later dubbed in Italian by Vittorio Di Plima. In the French version, Noré dubbed himself. All right. I mean, good. I think it's interesting enough that one of the main characters, the second main character, basically, was not speaking Italian in this film. What about the fact that this was released as multiple versions? It was originally released in Italy at 155 minutes, but due to the poor box office performance in Italy, it led to being shortened to 124 minutes for its international release. Now, that got released on the 25th of May in 1989, so you could classify this as as an 89 film if you want. It became an instant success. It actually won the Grand Prix de Jury Prize, at the Cannes Film Festival in 1989, and it won Best Foreign Language Film at the Academy Awards in 1990. Can I just say, I don't think I've... Not, not I don't think. I have never put on a film before and been hit with a list of all of the awards that a no, film yeah. has won. <laughs> what is that about? I was like, self-indulgent much? That's almost as self-indulgent as having, you know, Italian award winner Daniel Henderson at the school. So you weren't the Ducks. No, I was the Ducks. I dominated. No, you weren't. I, no, I was. Are you having me on? I absolutely was. I was there for one year at that primary school and I got the fucking top award. Suck it, locals. <laughs> you should go. When you go down there again, take a picture and we'll, we'll post that. Both of our names up there in gold. Okay, I will. I, I hope you actually do believe me, though. I believe you now. All right. Did you know? Okay, and this is a bit controversial. I'm not sure if you've... Well, clearly you haven't read this because you would have brought it up. Did you know that director Giuseppe Donatore acknowledged... He acknowledged Hendo in the DVD special features that old Toto looked nothing like young Toto. What? (laughs) What is going on? You can see why our trivia section's almost finished. Seriously, this is a joke of trivia. Hey, the other places aren't any better. But we said runtimes, 155 for the original, 174 minutes for the director's cut. We watched the recut, I believe, the 123 version. The international release is what it's called. The one that won the you know, the, the special jury prize at Cannes and the, and the best foreign language film. Because I believe the director's cut came out maybe early 2000s. Maybe, oh, maybe I might be wrong on that. Tagline of a celebration of youth, friendship, and the everlasting magic of the movies. That's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Budget, $5 million, and worldwide grossed $13 million. Okay. Hardly a yeah, blockbuster. No. It's uh, it's fine. All right, Dean, let's look at some scores. What do you reckon, the critics or the audience for Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, critics. Critics have it at 90% and audience have it at 97%. Okay, I've decided I should just say audience every time. I feel like it's normally the audience is higher now. You watch the next time you do this, it's just going to be such a massive critic fanfare and the audience hate it. Maybe. 
Metacritic have this at an 80%. Letterboxd have it at a 4.3. But let's take a look at the history of Cinema Paradiso on the IMDb Top 250 list. This debuted onto the list, on the very first list, 26th of April, 1996, at number 49. That was its highest point it's ever been. It did drop down to about 156 in mid-1999. And since then, for the next 21 years, it has gradually gone back up to where it currently sits now at number 51, with an 8.4, over 224,000 votes. I wonder if it'll ever crack that 49 mark. We'll keep an eye on it, shall we, Dean? Or I'll keep an eye on it. I was going to say unlikely, but yeah, you can. (laughs) All right, Dean, let's get into this film. I guess we don't need to talk about the running list of awards and festivals it was at. (laughs) I mean, all it does is just, A, bores the audience because no one reads it and cares, and B, it just sets the bar, like, way too high. Like, what are you doing here? You don't start something by going, listen, this is really good. No, it's great. It's amazing for, like, a minute. Yeah, that's something you do in the trailers. Yeah, or the poster, like, you put the little can Like, we're watching it. Yeah, we're, we're already, watching it. We we're don't... already there. <laughs> we are watching it. You're right. Why are you still selling us on watching this film? We get it. <laughs> so, you've seen this once before, am I correct? I think I got you to watch this. You did get me to watch this, yes. Yes. I have watched this once before too. Very long time ago. Interesting. So, both of us, two-time viewers. I like it. So, we get a little setup here. We got Salvatore's mum trying to call him, but uh, can't get hold of him. And it seems like this has been an issue for the last 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because just to jump to the very end of the film, as we love to do here, she mentions like calling and having multiple women pick up phones at various points, which does not... You know, align with what she says here, where it sounds like, as you say, she really has not been contacting him for 30 years. Like, she doesn't have his number. It starts and she's trying to find his number. She's calling people to get his number. But then at the end, it makes out like she's called him multiple times and spoken to multiple women in his bed. Do you have anything to contribute on that matter, Hendo? I never really thought of that. (laughs) I mean, you've seen the film (laughs) twice. I can't imagine you've... uh... (laughs) It's not like you've been stewing on this one for the last 10 years. (laughs) I don't think I've ever stumped you so much. Like, normally you've got something to say. (laughs) Well, they they do mention about the uh, multiple girlfriends here, especially in the next scene when the the new girlfriend says to Salvatore that his mum thought it was someone else. So it's it's not hinted at right at the end. It's also said here at the start. So maybe there is some sort of communication between them, but it's just it's very you know sporadic. She does say that he hasn't been here for thirty years. Maybe the issue of thirty years mm. is more that he hasn't visited rather than they've had actually zero communication. Yeah, and we don't know why he hasn't. At the start here, it kind of just sounds like he doesn't want to be there. Like he just can't be bothered. Do you mean at the start we don't know why? Yeah, but you do know why by the end, don't you? Yes, we know why because. Because Alfredo's basically told him, don't come back. I'm just making sure, because it sounded for a second like you didn't understand the movie at all, and I was concerned. (laughs) I've just completely just brosed past the whole reason why he's not there. Uh, Yeah, you're like, we don't ever find out why he doesn't go. (laughs) He's just a prick. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so now we see uh, Salvatore. Can we just call him Toto the entire time? I'm fine with that. But before that, we do get a little hint as to why they're calling him because uh, I think it's the is it, is a, a relative or just someone who's there with his mum says, if we don't tell him, he'll be angry. So I was like, Ooh, I'm some, pretty sure it's like, his sister. There's something here. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously something big has happened in his life here. That's the, the big reason why they're calling him. 
Yeah. Which is odd, considering he hasn't been there for 30 years. You sort of are wondering, like, really, how could this affect him at all? Like, it's been 30 years. Well, we're going to find that out. Aren't we? We're going to go all the way back to the start. But before, oh, no, before that... Yeah, before we do, we get yeah. we get the epitome of this guy is rich with his Mercedes. Oh, yeah. And smoking, I might add. Smoking in a Mercedes. When do we find out that he is, a, like, a big famous director? Is it when he goes back? Yeah, I think it's not until he goes back. Because they wouldn't want to say it here because it really kind of nah, it's when he goes spoils back. his story. Yeah, it's yeah. when he goes back. But again, he with this girlfriend saying that his mum thought it was someone else, it, it definitely gives off uh, the fact that his relationships don't really last that long. You know, he's kind of emotionally detached. So that's we. Go, I guess we're going to find out why that's the case through this story, which we do. Yeah, but even here, like this, this girl, this woman, she says um, that the mum wants wants him to go back. Then she says, oh, she said that Alfredo died. Funeral's tomorrow. It's like, whoa, just drop a bombshell on this guy that's going to cause him to stay up all night reliving his entire life. But he doesn't want to show that to her. He's like, oh, okay. And then rolls over and then you see the pain look on his face. Like he's obviously cared for this Alfredo guy. Of course, you get the, uh, the cliche lightning strike at the same time as the thunder, which never happens in real life. I mean, never is a stretch. The only time it would happen is if the lightning is actually right there. Or or if there's so much lightning and thunder that the lightning and thunder <laughs> this would it would Matches happen at the one. same Yeah, it would happen at the same time, but actually it's a different thunder to a different lightning. Just syncing up different ones. That's the, I think that's more incredible. I mean it's not impossible. Now, they don't really transition this into like a flashback, do they? It really just cuts and now they're in the church. I mean it's pretty obvious, let's be honest. I mean, it took me a second. I'm like, okay, is this what's happening still? So, or, oh, no, okay, okay, it's a flashback. To a keen-eyed okay. viewer, it's pretty obvious. Let's oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know, but I'm telling you, so now you do. Thank you for that. I was still not sure. All right, so we get this super boring scene here in the church. Uh, the boy's sleeping. Like, I don't blame him. Uh, yes. I'm watching this like, okay, well, what's going on here? And I'm trying to, like, work out, is any of this relevant? Because, yes, we've both seen this once before, um, roughly 10 to whenever you saw it years ago. Mm. Uh, Now, obviously, anyone who's listened to the show before will know. I don't remember anything from this film. Well, this is set, This is, I guess, I'm pretty sure this is set roughly in the 40s, if uh, my trivia or knowledge is is, uh, working well there. Okay. Not really what I was talking about, though. I was just talking about uh, my recollection of the film on my second viewing. It really, really was like a first viewing again. Well, there are certain things I remember. Obviously, all, all the religion stuff I didn't remember, but you can you can kind of feel like, you know, back in the 40s in Italy, there's a very strong culture of religion, especially huh. in this town. So yeah, massive. The, the fact they set this up, they set this up here, and you've also got the priest who is you know, deciding what actually gets shown through these cinemas when he's, you know, cutting all the the, the gratuitous stuff, what he deems gratuitous out of these films. It's uh, very heavily centred towards religion as well. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I did remember about this film, okay? I remembered that there was a scene where they play a movie on a wall outside. Oh, I didn't remember that. And I remember that this film affected me emotionally at the end. That's it. I remember the ending. I didn't. I so did you remember not rem- more than me? I did not remember the ending. Oh, so you just remembered that it, it affected you. You don't remember how. Yes. Wow. I remember being super emotional at the end the first time I saw this film. And I do I did not remember why. Well, there you go. I'm curious to see how emotional you got at the end of this one. Mm. 
All right. So, yeah, this scene here with the father, what is it, Adelphio, um, <laughs> it's pretty funny because I must admit, the f- when it first happens, he looked like he was enjoying where this scene was going. <laughs> I was like, is this yeah. like a private jerk-off like session for him? I was God. like, what's going on here? I'm like, I'm pretty sure this film's rated like G or close to, isn't it? Um and then when they kiss and like, ding, 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 nah, Bell, cut that. And he puts a bit of paper in and it's like, oh, okay. So this guy is his like re- being his reactions the, as the well. classification board for this little town. This this priest's reactions are so comedic and over the top as well. Like every time he sees him, he's like, oh, oh, oh. Like he's, he's so just not how you would react to something like that. I mean, it's so you, over I the mean, top. I mean, that reaction was kind of in line with how I was expecting this film to, or this scene to go initially. Keep <laughs> 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 that in. <laughs> Rewind. You know, and then he's cutting these things out. I was like, oh, this is for his private, private collection. collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we have a bit of a, an interaction here between Toto and Alfredo, how he's showing him all the different strips that he's cut off. I love, I love that little play on like his mind. He's like, yeah, you can, you can keep these, but uh, they have to stay here and you can't come back. Yeah, and that was great. And like honestly, this first this scene here that we're mentioning, like this stuff is so vital for what's to come at the end. And mm. that that line here, like, yeah, it's all yours, but on the condition that you don't come back. And what was the other thing you said? They 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 stay here and you don't come back. They stay here and you don't come back. It's like that's good. Yeah. But even just like the the way that the adults act to the kids as well. Like Alfredo is like he, he obviously cares for the kid, but even just like when Toto comes back and he's like, hey, hang on, that doesn't make any sense. He just like he just growls and like ah, just scares him off. Mm. Like he puts the fear into him. Yeah. And it's, it is amazing what the imagination can do here when you've got uh, Toto at home just looking at one single frame and he's making up his own stories as to what that what that frame is basically telling him. Yeah, and he's got this whole tin full of negatives here. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's good. And I love that because it is, it is the stuff taken out. So it's, it, you know, like you would imagine, oh, I was thinking at this point, it's not just kissing, but it's probably any form of violence as well. So I'm thinking, yeah. right, this kid's got his hands on all the, the violence stuff. So you say he's making stuff up. I wasn't, I didn't think it was his imagination. I thought, you know, we saw him peering through previously. Maybe he had seen all these before and he was sort of retelling what he had seen here. Either way, I think that it could be it. Yeah, either way, I think yeah. it works. Uh, but, like, you listen to what he's saying. He's like, stay away or I'll smash your face in. Like, this is a young <laughs> kid. His mum's right there. Uh, and she doesn't mind, but they're obviously like very, very poor uh, living in this yeah. tiny hut thing that they're in. We get some more info here. Like his dad is still at war, I believe, something yep. to Russia. It seems like the mum is very much convinced that he's still alive and out there. And obviously we find out that, you know, he isn't. And we have this sort of uh, obvious father connection here, which, you know, moves over to Alfredo as well. Like he becomes a, you know, a very prominent father figure in his life. I mean, I don't think becomes. I think he already is. Because Toto does. I don't think, it, I don't think Toto he is, does I don't not think he is right now. Toto does not remember his father at all. It's not like he's been replaced with this guy. Growing up, Alfredo would be the closest thing to a father he has. I think the relationship uh, strengthens a lot, uh, especially on Alfredo's side when uh, I think it's when I think the mum ex- kind of accepts when uh, when Toto tells the mum like, "Yeah, dad's dead." Like you got to accept that. And 
when they, he sets the place on fire because of the film and nearly burns his sister. Yeah, sure. But that before point, that, that yeah. before that, the you know we see we see Alfredo saving the boy's ass anyway with the lost money. I think you're selling their initial relationship short here. I think that's more of a like more friendship. I think that's like he's I mean, he's winking at him, they're having smiles. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's not more of a father figure type. I think that's just more of him being a friend. I think the father figure stuff really starts to shine when he, you know, basically starts teaching him how to be the projectionist. Mm. Okay. Did you like the the day at school here with the five times say, five table? <laughs> wow. Like I think we've mentioned this before, but I, I'm so happy that we don't we didn't go to school in those in that time. Yeah. Teachers just beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Not cool. But the like the kids are all laughing and the the you know. Yeah. What's well, five times five? Christmas tree or whatever he says. That's pretty funny. <laughs> See, so we get a lot of a lot of scenes of everyone in the town as a nice big community just watching a movie mm. at the cinema, and uh, this would this would have been a big deal back in the late forties. Like it's it's an experience. Like they make a big night out of it. Like the whole town is there. Like this, I, I honestly imagine this is the kind of thing we'll do when the you know the amazing Peninsula Cinemas opens back up. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> Uh, looking forward to it. But no, I like that there's different class levels within this cinema. Like you get yeah. you know, the poorest of poor kids and then you get the snooty people up the top. And I like the one snooty guy who continually spits on the like, people yeah, down what the there. Hell? First time he did it, I was like, fuck it out. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> like he's just there. They're all going to walk out together. It's not like... Yep. You know, it's not like you're at the footy at the MCG and you spit and there's no way you're ever going to see this person. <laughs> not that I would have ever done this, but, like, this is a small area. But there's all these things that are happening as well. Like, the kids are bloody smoking while they're sitting down there, just having a smoke, no big deal. How old do you reckon Toto is here? Uh, 10. Yeah, I can get around that. But we see... Uh, I mean, that would kind, that doing- would kind of make sense because this that would kind of make sense because this is the late 40s and it'd be 40 years later, he'd probably be about 50 when he's older. Yeah, I guess. Very grave for 50, but yeah, sure. I mean, these kids love Charlie Chaplin too, don't they? they he's a riot to these kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five-star bangers left and right here, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> Could imagine the podcast from Cinema Paradiso on the new Charlie Chaplin film. <laughs> and we also see that, uh, that, that Toto... With the lion at, at the yeah, he's spooked by the the war uh, rally stuff on the the ads for the films, uh, and he turns around and sees the lion like animated open its mouth. Yeah, actually, pretty good animation. I don't know how they did it because it doesn't look drawn, but it's, no, it's definitely animated. Like it's not CGI definitely. in nineteen eighty eight Italy. No. no, that's for sure. And that obviously that that whole lion's head thing comes back at the end in a, in a pretty good way too when he reflects on it when he goes there. I mean, A-way, it's fine. You did mention that Alfredo helps him out with the money that he was supposed to use to get milk and stuff for his family. I love it how even he, even his mate, who I'm pretty sure is, uh, I think, does he own the cinema at this point as well? He is genuinely shocked when he pulls the money out of nowhere as well. Like, how the hell did you do that? I don't think he owns the cinema at this point, does he? The other person, not Alfredo, there's another person there who works at the cinema. And it seems like he's the only one there. Like, he'd be the person who controls it. Okay. Unless it's the unless it's the priest, is it like a is it tied to because nah, he's the priest I don't is the one so. the priest is the one telling them what to, they can watch and what they can't. Yeah, that's because of the importance of the church in this Italian town. That's not a the priest literally owns the cinema. 
So it had to be the other person then because in, yeah. when the place gets burnt down and this new rich guy comes in, like he obviously takes control. Well, he won the lottery, this new rich guy, didn't he? Yes, he did. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to have a little bike ride with Toto and Alfredo. Love the fake leg injury that he gives here. It's so not convincing. Yeah, it's good. It's Just funny. Falls over. Ah, ah. It's good that Alfredo knows... Like, straight away, he's full of shit. He's just doing this yeah. because he wants to get on the bike with him. Can I just say, Alfredo, for me, is a pastor. It's odd yeah. that this is someone's name. I started calling him Alf in my notes, purely for that reason. Ah, Alf, alien life form. Did you ever watch Alf? L- let's go back to Alfredo, then. <laughs> Did you ever watch Alf? <laughs> yeah, I used to have a little Alf plush doll. Do you know what Alf used to love eating? No. Cats. <laughs> Hated cats. <laughs> okay. All right, another bit of trivia. How many stomachs does Alf have? Three. Eight. You're way off. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of cats. All right, one more thing. Who plays the neighbor in the Alf TV show? Um, what are you doing? It is Mrs. Seinfeld. <laughs> God. There's Dean's Alf trivia for the day. All right, this is common the knowledge. Year. Maybe for the year. Common, common knowledge. knowledge. Uh, yeah. Good old Alf. Now, nah, mum's had enough of this whole thing here. Uh, Toto nearly burning the place down. Basically chastises Alfredo for, like, hanging around him. Like, yeah. what are you doing? She gives Alfredo a bit of a spray, but she beats her kid. Yeah. Oh, she smashes him a good one. Like, my kids walked in at this point and they were like, what the hell is that mother doing? I was like, <laughs> hey, you kids, consider yourself lucky. Yeah. <laughs> But Toto's so super sneaky here. Like, he is back in the cinema. Like, Alfredo can't keep him out of the cinema. He doesn't own the place. He's not the guard. He just works up the top. And the only thing he can do is keep him out of the projection room. Like, especially when he looks up and goes, can I come in? He's like, no, go away. So what he does is he goes and sees Alfredo's wife to get his lunch to come up. He's like, oh, your wife's told me to come up here. It's like, you dodgy little bastard. Yep. I mean, he's smart, Toto. Cunning. He is. And he 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 talks about how much- he wants, like, he wants to be a projectionist and he likes doing this. And Alfredo just basically shuts him down. He's like, I've been doing this since I was 10. Like, I've had basically no life. This this sucks. Like, and, and forcefully, like, kicks him out again, saying, get the hell out of here. Like, he really wants him to not, you know, pursue this. Yeah, he wants him to live a different life than the one he's lived. Yeah. But we get this really bizarre scene where... I think uh, Toto's at school and in comes Alfredo with a whole bunch of other dudes and they're, they're oh, doing their own test. They're doing their own. Yeah. And it's good to see, you know, Alfredo trying to better his life and, you know, yeah. pass whatever year they're in, year four, grade four, grade five, whatever it is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you noticed or not, but when Alfredo comes in, he's wearing a belt and none of the notches are fed through. Like he's just tied it around his pants. Even though he's got notches to put it through, he's just wrapped it around his pants to hold it up. Uh, is that indicative that it's the wrong size for him? That there's no notches where he would tie it because of how poor he is? No, no. Oh, sorry, not not the not not the notches on the belt, but the the bit where you actually feed the belt through the pants. Oh, the loops. Yeah, he hasn't put it through any of those. It's actually underneath it. He's just like wrapped it around his pants. Oh, interesting. Shows that Alfredo's not really the uh, the brightest person, I guess. That's probably why he's taking this test. Yeah. Yeah, you got to wonder what the next step, though, would be for Alfredo if he passes this test, which I assume he does because he gets Toto to cheat for him. That would be grade five, wouldn't it? It certainly doesn't change his life, does it? Multiplication. So now we start to see Toto actually learning the craft of projectionist. Yeah, I love how he talks about 
you've got to keep every single invoice. You've got to keep it somewhere safe. He just slams it on a nail against the wall. Like there's no there's no process yeah, with is, all these. Is he paying these invoices? <laughs> like there's hundreds of them <laughs> stuck to the wall. Are these receipts or are these bills? I think these are just receipts. Okay. But I think we get a bit of uh, bit of info on, on the times that we have here. We got uh, his mate Pepino yep. is leaving to go to Germany. Yep. Dean, it is the second week in a row that we have a dirty commie in our breakdown. Fucking commies. <laughs> Who was the first one? <laughs> Rafifi, come on. Rafifi, okay. Yeah, we had some dirty commies in Rafifi. You say so. No, here's where they find out that uh, his dad has died in the war on the newsreel at the cinema. Yeah, that's rough. But again, we get more everyone watching the movies. This 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 movie is clearly a big celebration on the love of cinema and seeing all these people having the time of their life while watching, you know, the evolution of cinema is fantastic to watch. Now, is there some guy just grinding against some some woman, giving her a feel up, doing a bit more? Everyone just does whatever they want at these cinemas. Yeah. Guys groping a woman. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a woman breastfeeding, which is fine. You know, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. I like that we see uh, a guy who was previously like looking at a woman up in the stands. Now is up there with her, and we do see yes. this couple throughout the film. That was good. I like that. It just shows like the the small town mentality as well. Like you, you kind of get to know these people a little bit, especially. Because you see several of them at the end as well when they're of old age, when the, the, the yeah, cinema yeah. gets destroyed. And this is the scene that you remember, do you? Yeah, they get upset because they're kicked out here. And uh, good old Alfredo, mm-hmm. he's very kind, maybe too kind. He Yes, be a bit annoying for the people who just paid to see it. Yep, he projects it onto a building and someone starts to try sell tickets for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, guy, the guy who runs the place. I'm telling you, it's that guy. He stands yeah. there and goes, oh, half-price tickets. They're like, nope. And it's all it's it's very nice. It's very happy. you got, you know, Toto sitting against the window watching it too. Everyone's having a great time here, and it quickly turns here when the fire starts. Yeah, and screw these guys, these grown men who just bail on Alfredo. They leave this yep. 10-year-old to actually be the one to run in and pull this guy out. No way he would be strong enough to pull an unconscious Alfredo. Yeah, he would not be able to pull Alfredo down the stairs. There's no way. No chance in hell. But regardless, good on him. He's a hero. I like that it's at this point we first see a cut back now to uh, old Toto in bed. Yeah, it had been like, a while. Yeah. I feel like it's good because it does remind us this is someone's memories. You know, yeah. Don't forget about this older version. He's going to come back. And also I think it's important that this this is the moment when we cut back. Like I feel like we really cut back at the most vital parts of his you know, memories here. I must say... The, we haven't mentioned the score yet. I think the score for this film is absolutely sensational. I feel like it's very much a slow build, though, because I didn't rate it as I was watching it towards the start of the film. But by the end, when it's kicked mm. in full pelt, like I was loving it. But I, I was actually thinking at this point, like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It definitely builds. There is a there is a film that, surprisingly, I thought about a lot during this film, considering, like, you have this score here... The way it's the way it's shot and it looks in you know in this sort of well the, the other film isn't in, in Italian background but the way it the way it looks and feels and the, the themes of reflection and looking back on your past 
I got some very strong Once Upon a Time in America vibes throughout this film. Yeah, I can see that. It's definitely telling someone's like life story as well, even though mm. there is a big chunk missing here. I mean, I guess there's a massive chunk missing from Noodle's life as well, but I, I do get that, yeah. So like we said before, we got lottery winner here, rich guy Don Ciccio. He comes in and he rebuilds the new cinema. And who's he got for his new projectionist? Salvatore. It's Toto. I know. I just wanted to say that one time. I feel like uh, Toto's mother certainly changed her tune by this point. Oh, this is my next note. When did his mum come around to this idea? Yeah. She went from, you will never go to the cinema again. Promise me, uh, you know, Alfredo. Never let him in the cinema again to... Yeah, no, he's the projectionist. Cool. Especially after the reason why she got super angry at the, like at going to the cinema is because the film burnt. had set on fire. <laughs> and now, oh, because the film, the place burnt down, you can work there now. It's like, what? And the projectionist nearly died. Yes. That's his job. <laughs> I feel like when did the priest not have a say in this stuff anymore now? Because this is a point where all the kissing is in the films now and the priest doesn't like the porn and he's out of there. I'm going to say around this point. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say. So surely the priest had something to do with the cinema prior to this. Because the the religious culture hasn't changed. Hasn't it? No. I don't know. Maybe the power of the church is diminishing. Could very well be. Alfredo's back. Poor bastard's blind now. I must say, this is a really smooth transition of when you know he, he covers his eyes and then pulls back and now we're at the, the teenager Salvatore. Teenager Toto. The teen Toto. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I was pretty sad that uh, Alfredo was blind. I thought that was pretty pretty much a downer for a projectionist. Yes, that's why he has to give it up. But he has like this sixth sense of, you know, all these, all the, like the movies and the sound and the way it is because he can tell exactly what's going on every time. Like when he comes up later, he's like, yeah, your film's out of focus. It's like, how the hell did you know that? Mm, mm. And then we see a group of guys jerking off in the theatre. Like, what the hell is this? That was uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. And they've got their own whore at the cinema now too. Yeah, they've got they've got a full red room in the back. Like, geez, this place has certainly changed. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, did they just kill some old guy in the cinema? You see that bit where that old guy's watching the movie, and then you see the bang happen. It looks like he has a heart attack. Someone shoots him. You see behind him, someone has a gun pointed at him at the what? smoke is going off. I went back yep, I went back and watched it. It looked like he has a heart attack from the sound of the movie. But he actually gets shot. The sound of the, the that bang is the gun shooting him. Like he falls forward and you see the guy behind him. You don't see the guy per se, but you see his hand with a gun pointing at him. Jesus. I was like, holy shit. Like they're just like it's the mob. They're just offing people in the cinema here. Like, yeah, this is life. This is the cinema. You got kids jerking off and having sex in the back and people killing each other. Mm. Fucking hell. That couple I mentioned earlier have a baby now. Yeah. That nice guy who spits there. spits again. And they get shit thrown in his face. Yes, that's right. About time. But now Toto starts noticing girls whilst he's making films, I guess. Starts filming uh, this woman. Not okay in today's society, is it, Hendo? No, that would be frowned upon. No, you need permission. It was Elena. And he's not really good with uh, the ladies here. He fumbles over how he talks to her. Pretty funny how he, he beats his mate up. To, to rush towards her. Basically trips him over and just like punches him in the head a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You'd rather beat your mate up for the for the girl, I guess. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so we get this little, uh, what is this, a fable, a story yeah. from Alfredo here about, about love. Uh, there was a princess, there was a soldier. And the princess said to the soldier, if you can wait 100 days and 100 nights under my balcony, I shall be yours. And he waited, 
and he got sick, he had no energy, and after 100 days of standing there, he just left. He'd had enough. Yep, this is kind of what happens to Toto later on. I mean, it's not kind of, it's it's exactly, it's exactly what, what happens. happens with Toto later on. Uh, <laughs> he's, I mean, are we, are we at that point now? <laughs> very close. Very, very close. I mean, we see... Uh, we see this scene where they've got a part one and part two of this film yep. bought and they've got to like try and use basically one copy of this film over two cinemas. Yeah, that was okay. But we get back to Alina. Now, there's this guy at the cinema who basically yells at the you know the owner saying he left his sick wife at home to see this movie. It's like, fuck it, that's commitment. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, that's not the cinema owner's fault. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Go home, mate. We even get Alfredo here at the church distracting the priest while Toto is in the uh, confession booth talking to a hey, good wingman, to- uh, old Alfredo here. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely uh, good friends now. But yeah, like you mentioned, with the, the same thing with the fable. She, she doesn't love him, which is, you know, devastating for him. But if he can wait... No, he says he'll wait by her window every night until she does. Yeah, and we get to we get to New Year's Eve here. And not even opening the window. I mean, can't she- even open the door and come out and say, "Look, can you just like give yourself a break and it's not going to happen?" Nope, just leaves him standing there like that is cold. I mean, she opens it and he closes his eyes, and then when he opens his eyes, she's already closed it. I was like, "Wouldn't you <laughs> not close your eyes to the one thing you've been waiting to see?" She probably opened it, waved at him. He didn't respond. So he's like, "Oh fuck this guy." <laughs> but it's this uh, this mentality, like. If you're if you're chasing the girl and she knows that she's going to let it linger, but as soon as you lose interest in her, now she's like, oh, no, now now I want to pursue. And sure enough, he's at, he's at the projectioner and she arrives. I thought he was dreaming this at first because it starts to uh, rain. They're at the outdoor. It did look like it, didn't it? Yeah, they're at the outdoor bit. And he sort of like closes his eyes and when he opens them, she's there kissing him and stuff. Almost seemed too good to be true for him. No, but they are together. We get a little montage of them being all happy and stuff. They frolic in a field, Hendo. Yes. Now, look, the car breaks down and, you know, they need a bit of help. And of all the people to be driving up on that mountain to pass by, it's her dad. Okay. I mean, it's not like they called him for car assistance. This dad seems remarkably respectful of uh, Toto here. He does not seem like how Alina is expecting him to react. She's like, oh, no, it's the dad. We're in trouble. He seems pretty cool, i got to say. I think he's going to throw him off the mountain. And, like, it doesn't even feel like they stopped being together because the dad caught them. Like, they moved. I mean, that's definitely the... uh, No, I feel like that's the impression. Like, the next scene after this, they're talking about how they're moving away now. Yeah, she went to uni. Like, that's why she moved. She moved away for uni. I, I, I don't know. It was odd. They they kick into the uh, the outdoor cinema here on the on the river or the water whatever it is. Yeah, he's having a rough summer. Poor yes. Toto. Yep, definitely uh, on the nose here when he's talking about you know when will the summer end? If this was a movie, it would have been over by now. They just mm. you know they'd cut to a storm and then boom, there's a storm and she's there. That's where I thought this was a dream. Yeah, me she's too. Just, she's just oh, there. I was talking about I'm this like, moment. What? Yeah. Oh wait, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But uh, uh she's left now. Uh, Toto is going to Rome. I, is he fighting in a war? I think he just needs to. I think he just has to serve in the military. Okay. I don't think there's a war going mm. on, but I think uh, he has to. He has to do this. His boss says, "Don't be sad. I'll save your job for you." And there we get this little oh, montage. Kind of <laughs> there we get this montage of Toto being a soldier. Very quick. Like, this is very brief, and then he's back home. Yeah, he gets off the bus here, and he sees this new projectionist, and I think he's sort of thinking like, "This could be him." Does he want this life now of this yeah. guy just looking out, 
smoking, like doing nothing. Well, yeah, wondering what, what there is out there. But we also forgot to mention that when he's out in the military, none of the letters that he sent to Elena got to her. Yeah. They all got sent back to him saying like, she's, she's not at this address. Yeah. So she's clearly, she's moved on for good. Yeah. He goes to visit Alfredo. He's a shut-in now. Uh, doesn't want to talk to anyone. It's, he's, oh, he's very depressed, Alfredo. But he does. But again, he when he speaks to him here, he doesn't want this to happen to Toto. He wants him to get out, go back to Rome, like get out of here. This town just takes everything away from you. It's it's not like the movies. Like you need to go and do something with your life. Like stop sitting around here dreaming about what could happen and go out there and do it. He's really. He really wants something to happen for Toto and not to just live this, you know, shithouse life in this town. Yeah, this scene here where he's saying, yeah, you need to go away for a long, long time before you can come back. Like, he's been gone for what, whatever it is, a year, two years, whatever. Yeah. He's like, that's not long enough. That ha- You haven't broken the thread. You need to, you need to, like, sever yourself from this place. It's cursed. Uh, Espe- especially with his relationship with Elena as well. Like, this has not happened for him and and there obviously is a a big theme of loss and regret in this film as well and the fact that you know this is this was his love of his life and it just didn't work out and you know in the in the version that we watched the 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 recut version this is the end like this does nothing becomes of this and it's it's a longing for you know his love that he's he's lost along the way and this is definitely one of the big reasons or if not the reason why he he is so you know, emotionally broken and he and he has these multiple partners as he grows up and he can never commit to a relationship because of this lost love and, and he's longing for this girl. Hmm. Very well said. Yeah, that's not even notes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Uh, this this next scene, which is basically... It's basically... The train uh, station. Yeah, it's the train station. It's basically the follow-up to the conversation he just had. I put this down and as... Much more sterner. Yeah, this is a great scene uh, where yeah. this is the last time Alfredo and Toto speak. Uh, and Alfredo is uh, very aggressive. Like, in no uncertain terms, he grabs him. Do not think about us. Don't look back. Don't write. You need to get away from here. Yeah, and if you come back, do not come and see me because I will lock that door and I'll, like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kick you out and I won't speak to you. It's just yeah, even the yeah. line like "Don't give in to nostalgia." Like, you know, nostalgia mm. is so such a massive part um, of a lot of things. You know, for me, I'm I'm very nostalgic, and yeah, you know, don't give in to it. It's not just here; it's later on as well when you find out that he didn't even want them to tell him that he was that he died, like that he yeah. was sick. Yeah. Like, don't, don't tell him anything. Just keep him away from here. Yeah. It's a really amazing scene. Uh, we're back to present time now for, for the rest of the film. Yep. Salvatore is back. Toto. Sorry. I've got I've got salve in my notes here. Ah, uh, See, uh, there was no way I was typing Salvatore every time. Toto was a great <laughs> name to type. <laughs> and again, like you said, nostalgia, reflection. This is this is all this is when he gets home and he sees his old bedroom. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's not. Oh, yeah. It's not his old bedroom. It's his stuff in a room that his mum has put there. He oh, never okay. lived at this house, um, which I thought was yeah very interesting. And oh, li- yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I like that the the mother's like, uh, "You're right. You need to rest." You know, blah 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 blah. And he's like, "No, it was one hour flight." And she's like, "Don't say that. Don't say we yeah, haven't exactly. You know, we haven't seen each other for thirty years. You know, because of a one hour flight." Yeah, that reaction from her there is like, don't say that. It's like, oh, geez, that's that's heartbreaking for her. Yeah. But we have the funeral for Alfredo here, walking the casket down the street. Yeah, we didn't mention the funeral we saw when Toto was a boy, 
when Toto was the person walking with the priest at the front. And now, you know, and he had the people behind him. And now Toto has taken that role of being one of the adults at the back. And he's looking, he can see a young boy with the priest there. Yeah, full circle. Mm. And they stop by the old Cinema Paradiso. And yeah, it's closed down. It's it's disheveled. It's didn't survive. That's a dump. It's abandoned. Uh, but like, as you say, like all the all the people we've met throughout this movie are basically at this funeral. At this, did you recognise any of them? Of course, the couple. I definitely recognise the the old the cinema owner. Yeah, what is it, Chichio, Sissio? Yeah, Chichio. Yeah, the guy who knew all the words to that that movie that he was watching. Yeah. He was yeah. there, and even like, and even later on at the at the demolition, you got the guy who thinks he owns the square, and every yeah. time he comes, out, he's yeah. like, "This is my square. Get out of here." Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like Chichio says. It was. It's been closed for six years. Like no one's come. Like cinema has become yeah. a memory, and yeah, this, this is the decline of cinema. I do have a. I, I do have a piece of trivia that I, I didn't uh, put down, but I still remember it. Uh, apparently, director Giuseppe said that this was a film about like a farewell to cinema. Like he like cinema was dying, and and it was all going. So this is like a farewell to cinema, and. Once this became successful, he didn't say that again ever. It's also here uh, where Chichio says it's hard to be casual with an important person, but if you insist, Toto, because Toto's like, what? What do you call me? You know, Salvatore or Sir, whatever. Yeah. It's like it's Toto. So I think that does lend into the uh, he is some he is a somebody. This is the first time that they've really acknowledged that, isn't it? That he is yeah. he is a big deal. But he gets given the film real case here. Yep, I believe it's Alfredo's wife, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, who else would it be? Do you know Alfredo's it's not wife's his name? Alfredo's wife. Anna. It could be his sister. No, this is an older woman. Okay. I mean, he's no spring chicken, but okay. Mm. But he goes to visit the old cinema, and like you, like you mentioned, the score at this point is just really kicking into high gear. Yeah. Like, he's just reminiscing on everything in his life, like he's... You know, that's what you would do, like in a place you live for so long oh, for and it's sure. such an yeah. important he part hears, of your life. He hears the screams of the children. You yeah. Know. It seems smaller. I'm not sure if you felt this as well, but the place looked really small when he was walking around it empty. I think the way they had the camera sort of very low angle made him fill the screen a lot more. Yeah, that's that's probably in, obviously intentional there. If they're having it at a low angle, so he's covering most of the screen, it would definitely look like it's a lot smaller than what it was. It's here where we see the line on the floor. Yeah, he definitely gets emotional over that. Like this is the thing that you know scared the shit out of him when he was younger, and it's now it's just it's just off the wall. It's like it's just a piece of debris. And even when he looks out the projectionist like window bit, and the squares just mm-hmm. completely changed. It's cars. It's yeah. busy. You know, life's gone past it. Yeah, and so he's in his well, he's in the room he's in now with his old projectioner, uh, looking at his old voyeuristic footage of Elena. Yeah, yeah, pretty emotional. Just rem- it's all reminiscing on what could have been. Like he, he's obviously got a you know a big glamorous life, but in terms of a you know an emotional fulfillment, he hasn't got any of that. And this is this is where he, he lost it. Yeah, and I love this thing where he's back with his mother, and he's he's sort of saying like he's always been scared to come back. He thought he was stronger, but as soon as you're back here, like you're back in it, you know, it's like yeah. it's like you never left. Like those memories are right there; they're not buried anywhere. They're I'm living them now. But he says he obviously, you know, is holding on to a bit of guilt here, saying he's deserted his mother. Um, but she's in fairness to her, this woman who you know. It's quite violent to him. Uh, she gives him absolution. She 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 gives mm. him, um, you know, peace of mind saying, no, 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 no. We wanted you to go. Like, we are yeah, glad. You needed to. Yeah. Yeah. 
But everyone's gathered around for the destruction of the cinema. They blow it up. It's very, very touching and sad. And everyone, you know, you can see on their faces, they're, they're heartbroken about this. This was a massive, massive piece of their lives. Every single one of them there. This is something they all grew up with and shared together. It's, it's a ma- It was a magical place and it's all gone now. Yeah. Now, at this point, this is like I looked up some info on that. The director's cut, the 173-minute version, pretty much everything that was in that film that extended was from here to the end now. And it really focuses on Toto's relationship with Elena that they have now. Like he actually- like present day yeah. Toto. Yes, yes. So what happens is here is Toto sees uh, a girl, a young girl who looks like Elena and he actually follows her home- That's to not when creepy. He finds out that, no. <laughs> actually finds out that it's actually Elena's daughter. So he tries to rekindle the romance. She rejects him initially, but later reconsiders and goes and sees him. It ultimately leads to them having a bit of a uh, bit of sex in the car. So this is a, yes, <laughs> a bit of sex, eh? <laughs> yeah, they have some sex in the car. Uh, he later learns that she- <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably more touching than the way I described it. I mean, I hope there's touching. No, oh, stop it. <laughs> He learns that she had married someone from uh, when he was at school, like someone he he knew from back at school. Uh, he actually became a local politician. He does try he does try to rekindle their romance, and while she does wish that she could do it, she actually rejects him and chooses to remain with her family and leave their romance in the past. And during their evening together, Toto, who's very frustrated, asks Elena why she never contacted him or left word for where her family was moving to. And he actually learns that the reason they lost touch was because Alfredo asked her not to see him again, fearing that Toto's romantic fulfillment would only destroy what Alfredo sees in Toto's destiny to be successful in film. Wow. Yes. And Alfredo tried to convince her that if she loved Toto, she should leave him for his own good. And Elena explains to Toto that against Alfredo's instruction, she had secretly left a note with an address where she could be reached and a promise of undying love and loyalty. Toto reveals that he never knew of that note and thus the true love uh, was lost for 30 years plus. So the next morning, Salvatore Toto returns to the cinema paradise. So this is, this is, this all this, all this happens just after the funeral. So as Toto goes to the cinema Paradiso, frantically searching for, through the piles of old film and film invoices pinned to the wall of the projection booth, and on one of those on the reverse side, he finds the handwritten note that she left there 30 years earlier. Damn. Mm. Now, there's dif- there's different conflictions as to what version is better. I did see a lot of uh, you know people conf- uh, conferring to the side of the theatrical version, but I did I did see that I'm pretty sure Roger Ebert gave this film a three out of four for the theatrical cut, but actually gave the director's cut four out of four purely for those scenes, and that, and that is all there is for the director's cut. Like it is a, it is like an extra like an extra act in this story purely of of you know, their present time now. I mean, it does sound good. And honestly, I can't remember if that's the version I watched when I watched it the first time. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. So what do you think about that? Like, do you think that it's it's better that we never see anything about Elena again? Like like he it's left in the past there. He's like and that's just really what he was longing for this whole time. Or I mean I'm a, I'm a sucker rekindled. for I'm a sucker for, you know, unrequited love and all that sort of stuff. I think that's I think that's touching. It's sad. I, I would be about that. I would be about, um, you know, had he only seen the note, uh, he could have had a completely different life and could have been in love for 30 years. And I, I think that is a good story. I mean, often you hear like the stuff that's cut is like, oh, gee, I'm glad they got rid of that. My only hmm. issue is I feel like that runtime is pushing it a bit. Yeah, considering it's an extra almost hour purely of that 
that see, story. That, that sounds way too long. Mm. So maybe it was like a half an hour sex scene in the car. Then not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> actually, fun fact, you want a bit of trivia here, Dean? The director, Giuseppe Tonotaro, is actually the projectionist for the final scene here. Yeah, nice. Save a bit of money. Why not? But of course, of course, this is absolutely my... Excellent! It's also my... Excellent! I mean, we, we just, we've just done seven as well. And uh, I didn't think we'd like to have two movies that we would both have, you know, this, like the final scene of the movie to be the excellent. I mean, how can, how can you have these like seven and, and uh, Cinema Paradiso here? Completely different, obviously, for different reasons. But this, this ending is just one of the all-time greats. It's, it's so emotional. And like you, you mentioned it before, like all you remembered about this ending was that it got you on an emotional level. You couldn't even remember what it was. So mm. what, what, like, did it, is it be- was it better for you now? Like, did you, as soon as you started seeing it, was it like, oh, I remember this now? What, do you, what was your thoughts? Okay. I didn't remember. Even watching it, I did not remember uh, that this is what would have set me off. I, uh, yeah, I, I was beyond a mess. Uh, yeah. Watching this, it was it was ridiculous. It wasn't even like I was like I was like sobbing watching this the end of this film, and then I like the kids came out because it was roughly their bedtime, <laughs> and they were like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" I was like, "It's really just an emotional moment." I put them to bed, got my thoughts together, sat down again, played the credits through, and was still sobbing. And I don't even know why. <laughs> like, it was it was just, oh, like, the amount of mo- emotion this ending brought out of me, which, like, it really is something, something so special. Like, he's seeing, I don't even know what it is. Like, I cannot even put into words what it is about the end of this film that gets me so much. I mean, there's so much... There's so much love and joy for film, but it's more than that. It's not that he loves film. It's the relationship he has with Alfredo, that Alfredo had cut all these things for him together. Blind, mind you. Yeah, blind. Uh, it's it's a great score. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I love the journey from seeing like the young boy to old man. Uh, looking back on his life at key mo- moments, it's it's very touching. But this scene just, oh, it just destroyed me. I think uh, where Toto gets this emotional response from is obviously it's from Alfredo and what he's done here. But it's it's because the fact that he is told, like throughout this thing, he is told him you need to get away from this place. You need to, you know, go and do something with your life. You know, you're bound, you're destined for great things here. Get out there and do it. And when he comes back. And he sees this, especially when he, he you hear that Alfredo was telling them not to tell Toto that he was dying and, and so he wouldn't come back. Yet he still had this thing here ready for him because he knew he would come back. He knew they would tell him and he would come back for this. He has this reel here, which after all these years of telling him, leave this place in the dust. Do not think about this place ever again. It's not just about the, you know, the the history of cinema and how, you know, you know, iconic and memorable has been for him but it's also a reflection of his time at, in this town and, and him growing up and don't don't forget all this stuff like this stuff is all your memories and your nostalgia and your reflection like you have gone and done all this stuff but you you know remember us as well like this is where you started this is where your love for cinema started from when we did all this stuff you know cutting off all these strips of all these things it's such a nostalgic memorable moment for him that he just breaks down and sees and you know I didn't I didn't burst into tears or anything. I just had I had a massive grin on my face the whole time. Like this was just such a, a delightful moment. Like I was so happy watching this. Like 
it's it's emotional but it, like i was i was happy for him like this is a this is a happy moment as well like happy you know what i mean oh yeah this is not a sad a sad crying dean it's like tears um, of joy tears yeah tears of joy it's such a strange strange experience watching the yeah. end of this film um yeah i loved it yeah fantastic ending absolutely fantastic ending any last words all right dean what is your final thoughts on cinema paradiso I struggle with this film. Uh, I, I love the film as a whole. I look back at it and, like, you know, I've watched it, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, probably longer. Um, I wouldn't want to watch it again for another 10 years. And that hurts the film. Uh, I don't think it's rewatchable. I think the majority of this film is too slow. There's a lot of boring scenes here. There's a lot of stuff that is filler that I felt like didn't need to be here. But at its core, the relationship between Toto and Alfredo is just a joy to watch. And it's a joy to watch their their passion and love for film as well. The ending just completely makes this film for me. I was, I was considering hitting it to five stars. I did have it at four and a half on Letterboxd, but I'm not going to. The ending is incredible. But the movie as a whole, for me, does not hit five stars um, just because, like, the whole movie is not five stars. But the ending perfectly encapsulates this movie, though. Um, I'm going four and a half stars. It's a brilliant film. Very good. Uh, I disagree. This this movie wasn't boring at any point for me. Uh, there were no slow scenes that were slow in a negative way. I think the progression of this story from young young child to how where he ends up at the end of this film and his reflection on life his nostalgia the whole theme of the love for cinema and everyone's appreciation for it especially you know in 1940s to 1980s you know Italy really works wonders the 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 eclectic cast of characters you got along the way here that you see their progression as well it's not just, it's not just Toto's story as well it's everyone else's story as well this theme of love and loss and regret as well that comes in here so prominently works wonders i think that alfredo as the character as the actor is is wonderful young toto is is fantastic as well and i think the chemistry overall between toto and alfredo is like is is delightful and sensational as well like he takes on this father figure role from a young age and guides him through his his life essentially and you know gets him on board to get get out of this small town and go and do something with your life and pushes him to do that but also make like lets it be known that that nostalgia is still there don't forget your roots that ending like you said that ending just if it wasn't already there it just smashed it through the roof when i watched it for the first time god like god knows how long ago it was an instant five star for me and when i watched it again here nothing changed amazing outstanding I find it so weird. I've got to say, this is so much more of a me film than a you film. I'm shocked that you give this five stars. And I saw that you gave this five stars. And I still, having listened to you speak about it, I still don't get why you love this film so much. I mean, it's there. Like the whole the whole movie. I could, you say you couldn't watch this again in 10 years. I could pop this on again tomorrow and watch it all again and love it. And honestly, I would. If I watch this again soon, I'm going to watch the director's cut. I'm going to see how that plays with that extra 50 minutes of that, that that story. I don't believe you. No way you're going to watch this movie again. <laughs> Do you want to bet? <laughs> tomorrow, I'll go and watch it again. Tomorrow you're going to watch this film. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it tomorrow. I'm going to have to edit this shit, aren't I? <laughs> All right, we'll see. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where is this sitting on your rankings? I've got to be honest. Um, 
looking at the rankings now, I mean, it's better than The Wizard of Oz, which is at 25. Next up, we have In the Mood for Love at 24. And then 23 is the start of my five-star films with The Terminator. So really, I just need to decide whether or not this is better than In the Mood for Love or not. And they're such different films, though, because one picks you up and the other, like, hits you down. Ah, uh, uh, gee, I don't know. As a whole, they're, they're so close for me. They're both almost five stars. I'm going... I'm going to say In the Mood for Love is better. I'm going to put Cinema Paradiso at my new number 25. All right. I have been looking at my five stars here. It's not going to go... It's not going to go, like, super high up the top. I'm... I'm I'm looking at this area here between 18 to 20, between The Wizard of Oz, Alley Confidential, and Return of the King, and I'm trying to figure out where this would sit like comfortably in there because I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it above Alley Confidential, but not above Return of the King. Cinema Paradiso is my new number 19. Very good. All right, Dean, before we go on, we'd just like to say that this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for over two years now. We wouldn't be where we are now if it wasn't for them. Hey, Dean. Nah, definitely not. They've been supporters. They've been awesome. We love them and we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, we do have another weekly patron-only podcast we release over there, including different film series like the Die Hard series, for example. We've also got specific films requested by our patrons as well as director's series. We just did finish our David Fincher series with Seven. We just released that earlier on in the week. And we're now heading into the horror month of October with the Scream series, starting off with, of course, Scream. That would make sense. Yeah, very very keen to watch the screen films. I've only seen number one, so I'm looking forward to getting into it and seeing what all the sequels are like as well. Yeah, it should be good. So if you'd like to support the show, we have several different tier levels with varying rewards and benefits from as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check it out. All right, mate, let's get to... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. Uh... Where we have our awesome patrons put in some reviews for the films that we break down. First one here from Julio at the Contrarians podcast. I really hope nobody spoiled the ending for you. It's one of the greatest. Now, Julio, we had seen this film before, so it wasn't a first time watch. And I don't think I ever had it spoiled for me, as I assume you didn't either, Dean. No, even after I watched it for the first time, uh, still, I was not spoiled for my second viewing. (laughs) (laughs) As for the rest of the movie, an affecting love... God. An affecting love letter to the movie-going experience. Particularly bittersweet on this day and age for obvious reasons. All right, thank you very much, Julio, for that review. But of course, we have got... From memory, this film was four hours long. I actually saw the three-hour version the first time around. So now I've seen the two-hour cut. It's strange, but I had a much better experience with the movie this time around. However, I still remember so much that was missing from the film, which may have actually improved it. Cinema Paradiso actually reminds me a bit of Once Upon a Time in America with its lifelong tale. There you go. I was really captivated by the characters and setting throughout the film. Alfredo is amazing. He's so lovable, but you feel so sorry for him. The scene where he's saying goodbye to him on the train made me cry. Parts like that reminded me of Somewhere in Time. hey Both films <laughs> are very romantic and sad. Not much of a feel-good ending here, I don't think. Mm. I don't have much to say. That's the first. Other than that, I... Other than that, I... Other than that, other than... You're right? Other than that, I get the movie now. And I can really appreciate the sentiment of living in a historic Italian village. Four stars. What a strange review from Shane. That's interesting, because when I went to log Cinema Paradiso on Letterboxd, I saw that his initial review was three stars. He bumped up a full star. 
That's good. Well done, Shane. And also said that the version he saw the first time would improve it. <laughs> Let's go over to the polls, Dean. We've got three films we need to look at that Twitter have decided, are they worthy of the top 250 films of all time? Uh, let's take a look at In the Mood for Love. What do you think that is, Dean? No, I'm going to say because people who haven't seen films, I feel like vote no. You are right, but it's pretty close. 53% say no. We have last week's breakdown, Rafifi, and this isn't close. 66% say no. And then we have today's breakdown, Cinema Paradiso. What do you reckon? I'm going to say no. And you are correct. 56% say no, which is devastating. Are you okay? I'll be fine. All right, mate, let's get to... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you this week, what is your favourite feel-good movie ending? All right, let's take a look at some responses over on Twitter. First one here from Michael Keating. Said he couldn't find an image, so here's the last page of the screenplay. And it was actually the last screen, the last page of the movie Sideways. Okay. Uh, next up from Bunny... From the blue soup and just the way you are to the hilarious fist fight, so much cheering. What a perfect 10 minutes. Bridget Jones' Diary. I don't remember that. Yeah, I haven't seen that film in quite a while. We have one here from Kevin SH. I love how Man of Steel ends with Clark smiling at Lois while Zimmer's score kicks in and the screen cuts to black. It was just orgasmic. Uh, that's not the, not the response I had when I watched Man of Steel. I think Dean's more of the Man of Steel fan. yes definitely uh next up from chris newman i'd argue city lights may be the best movie ending ever now we have done a breakdown of city lights do you remember that ending no wow you are shocking is uh, wait is city lights the uh the blind girl yes there you go so just takes a little bit of thought uh what happens she well don't spoil it for everyone hold on she she can see by the end can't she yes but she didn't know who the who the tramp was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and then they he does something which makes her realise it was him the whole the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that's something to do with flowers. Yeah, the flowers, of course. All right, next one here from Eggs Acid. Paddington 2, when Aunt Lucy comes to visit London, gets me every time. I hear you, mate. Paul Klein says, Pride. The miners come to support the LGBT community as a sign of the solidarity shown. A beautiful punching the air moment. Very nice. Matt Neglia at the Next Best Picture podcast says, Shawshank, always Shawshank. Keach says, I'm a sucker for the way love actually ends. Yeah, I can't remember how that ends. Does it end with love, actually? Uh, yeah, everyone gets together. I knew it. Daniel Oakes says, I get a warm feeling at the end of Wanted, Dead or Alive, when Rutger Hauer pulls the pin on the hand grenade in Gene Simmons' mouth. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Will says, Jerry Maguire, no one does feel good quite like Cameron Crowe. Next one here from The Sock. Got to be planes, trains, and automobiles with every time you go away playing in the background. Gets me every time. James Dalrymple says, Wild Strawberries comes to mind. As I watched it recently, a moment of blissful final remembrance that counterbalances the painful regret that characterizes most of the film. I feel like if I ever watched Wild Strawberries, uh, I would experience painful regret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that film. It's... For me, it's not, not the best. Not the best film. Danny A says, The End of the Colour Purple. Michael says, Rocky. Ah, oh, Michael, I feel you. I feel you. Jamie goes with Muddy from 1955. Has the all-time great Attaboy ending. Always warms my heart. Robin Wright says, Dead Poet Society. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Church's Fan Papa says, Slight variation. Rocky 3. Not bad. I don't mind it. 
Do you remember the rock, the third Rocky? No. The one with Mr. T. Come on. Keep up. No. Nah, I don't think I've seen it. Uh, next up from Johnny Giacalone. Cinema Paradiso. Matthew Fisher goes with Rudy. You like sports films, don't you, Dean? Fuck up. Kevin says, <laughs> it's a wonderful Jeez. life. Always. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> we had heaps of responses over on Twitter. Couldn't get to all of them. But let's head over to our Facebook now. We do have, like we're about to mention, the Facebook listener discussion group. Go ahead and join up. Lots of fun convos about all different types of film-related content, as well as the chance to win some sweet, sweet merch like we're about to do now. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Go ahead and check it out. Talon Crichton, again, goes with two. Why do you do this, Talon? Babe and E.T. are some great classic feel-good endings. But my love for The Sandlot is too strong, seeing that ending is my favourite feel-good moment. Well, okay, he did bring it back to just one. Harrison Johnston says The Karate Kid. Oh, karate. Did I tell you I watched Cobra Kai? Oh, did you? I, I haven't watched of any of it. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, oh, oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah. Nostalgia? Oh, it's so good. You should watch nice. it. It's oh, good. I might. All right, let's take a look at our awesome patrons, see what they have to say here. Uh, from Brother Shane, Willy Wonky. Wonky. <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka. Willy Wonky. <laughs> Willy Wonky and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> wow. All right. Brian Grabinowski says the game. Is that a feel-good ending? I mean, it felt good for Brian. Uh, next up from Chris Beardsall, the Shawshank Redemption. Nice. Rob Manafield has gone with cool runnings. Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast says seven. I'm a dark dude. Okay, no, seriously. I'd say Goodwill Hunting <laughs> or Rudy. Ah, thanks, Gerald. <laughs> Hayden Gerloff goes with Kill Bill Volume 2. Oh, I like that a lot. Next up from Chris Like a Lot, Return of the King. Did you mean that? Of course I meant that. <laughs> Luke James Human goes with The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Negative number 25. I'm assuming that is something to do with the movie since I haven't seen it. Reminds me of that film, The Number 23. Why? Because there's a because it's close to the number 25. <laughs> Amy Smith says, I agree with a lot of people here. It's The Shawshank Redemption. And our last one here from David Powell. Obvious answer is it's a wonderful life. Doesn't get more feel-goody than that shit. I do really love that scene around the fountain at the end of Ocean's Eleven, though. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But let's do our top five feel-good movie endings and see who's going to win our competition this week from our Facebook listener discussion group or our patrons. And as usual, it's your turn first, Dean. What's your number five? Okay. I feel like you're going to hang shit on my answers here. I feel like you're going to do the same for me. So what else is new? Okay. Number five... Feel good moment is at the end of the notebook, spoilers, <laughs> when she remembers her love and they share this last final moment together and it just, it got me right in the feels, Hendo. Number it's five. It's one of these lists, isn't it? The notebook. <laughs> All right. On a completely different spectrum here, my number five is the ending of Kill Bill Volume 2. What? She finally accomplishes everything and gets her daughter back. Oh, my Driving God. off into the sunset with a big smile on her face, happy with her daughter. It feels good, man. What a bullshit answer. All right, my number four. From inside out, Riley finally learns the importance of uh, using all of her emotions equally. Okay. An important message for everyone. My number four is from Sing Street. They jettison off to London with brand new opportunities and a, and a chance to escape, basically like Cinema Paradiso, a chance to escape the monotonous small town and on their way to bigger and pro- bigger and better future. Okay. Oh, was that but, better, motherfucker? No, it was terrible. Number three for me, the Shawshank Redemption. They finally get together and can be friends as free men. 
That is also my number three. Which brings me to my number two. Yes, it does. Toy Story, number three. Andy says goodbye to his toys and passes his toys on to Bonnie, accepting that, you know, that's the cycle of life. All right, then. It's not bad. I tried. I looked at all these animated films. I'm like, yeah, you could put all of them on here if you really wanted to. Could you put Finding Dory on there, Endo? I don't remember that film. That Cars 3. Does that have a feel-good ending? Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. My number two is today's breakdown, Cinema Paradiso, with that amazing ending. Got you right in the feels. It did get me right in the feels, to the point where it is my number one, Cinema Paradiso. Very good. My number one, wait for it, wait for is it. the ending to Rocky. That amazing ending with that, where it peaks right at that end with the, the, the final ending where he gives Adrian that big hug. He's accomplished everything. He, he went the distance. He got what he wanted, but it's not even about winning. It's about just going the distance, and his prize at the end is his is Adrian? She's there. His <laughs> ultimate love. What a prize! <laughs> You're such a dickhead. <laughs> and that freeze frame, oh. that freeze frame of just the pinnacle of his life is wonderful. Wow, your list sucked today, man. I'm sorry, They're but fucked. Yours is terrible. And in saying that, let's look at our competition here. No one chose either of ours, so no winner this week. We are unique. But if you are interested in getting your own piece of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, we have our own shop over on Public. We can go pick up a t-shirt, a hoodie, a coffee mug, heaps out there. We'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean. Let's find out the first round results of the, what are we going to call this, the worst film tournament? I don't know, Hendo's favorite films of all time or something. I think you've seen more films on this list than I have. Well, I am much more of a film connoisseur than you are. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out, Hendo. All right, let's take a look at the results here. The first 16 matches in the first round here. First match, The Cat in the Hat easily takes down Birdemic Shock and Terror with a 69% win. Next up, we have Daddy Day Camp taking out The Open House with a 76% win. Can you not say Daddy Day Camp next time, please? Why? <laughs> it's Daddy Day Camp. All right, next match here. This is pretty much a given. Cats defeats Piranha 3DD with a 62% win. I voted for Piranha 3DD for obvious reasons. Yeah, you don't want to be watching that film again. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Jaws the Revenge up against The Fog and Jaws won 60%. All right, the next one here, The Hungover Games takes down Going Overboard 59%. We have Steel up against Crossroads, which honestly, I'd be happy to watch either of these films. Uh, Crossroads wins 54%. Something you couldn't say about the next one here. We have Battlefield Earth taking down the 98 version of the Avengers with a 67% win. This is the only one you've actively not want to happen. And I must say, we've already got a lot of love for Battlefield Earth out there. Rollerball takes out Bucky Larson, 77% victory. The Adventures of Pluto Nash takes down Pledge This with an 82% victory. Dumb and Dumberer takes out The Starving Games, 76%. Mike Myers, The Love Guru, defeats Meet the Spartans, 60%. Oh, this is a good one. Troll 2 up against 50 Shades of Black. And thank God, Troll 2 wins 51% though. Last time I saw that, I think 50 Shades of Black was up to 51% in the win there. There you go. Troll 2 takes it down. Son of the Mask defeats Ballistic XV Sever with a 69% victory there. The Master of Disguise takes out Slender Man, 52%. Another close one there. Glitter 
takes down Street Fighter, the legend of Chun-Li, with a 58% win. And lastly here, Captain America from 1990 takes out Left Behind, 55%. All right, so let's take a quick look at the next batch of matches here. We have the Hottie and the Noddy against Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Next match is Bratz against Barb Wire, the old Pamela Anderson 90s movie. Sure, something to see in that one. Baby Geniuses is up against Mac and Me in the next one. We have the Human Centipede 3 against Nicolas Cage's The Wicker Man. After that, we have Alone in the Dark against Speed 2 Cruise Control. Man, there's some awful films here. Catwoman versus Spice World. Jesus. Interesting. Next match is Dragon Ball Evolution against S. Darko. Is that, is S, I'm pretty sure S. Darko is the Donnie Darko sequel. Okay. Here's one. Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill against the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Nice. <laughs> House of the Dead against a very recent film, Holmes and Watson. Next match here, we have Vampires Suck against Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. I watched Three Ninjas when I was a kid. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it holds up. This is the one with Hulk Hogan in it, apparently. All right, next match here, we have another one of these stupid movies. Date Movie is up against the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. That's a prequel. I wouldn't mind seeing that. No, you won't. Next match here is Blood Rain against Jaws 3D. And there's two Jaws films in this in this list. Is it three double D? Because no, if not, I'm not interested. <laughs> Here's another one. Epic movie this time around against Swept Away, the Madonna Guy Ritchie film. Oh, your favourite. Nice. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Next match is the Emoji movie against Hercules in New York. Hercules in New York starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Emoji movie written by Mike White. Did he really write that? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Two matches here. We got Geely against Dance Flick. And we have the Shaquille O'Neal favourite Kazam against The Room. Mm. Interesting. I feel like there's a couple of big standouts there. Uh, regardless, all of these are terrible and I don't want to do any of these. Some of them are okay. So, what's next? All right, Dean, it is your turn to pick. Not next week's breakdown because it's Pod v Pod next week, but the week after, Dean, what movie are you choosing? All right, I'm going to go with something I haven't seen before, something that's black and white, something I hope is okay. I'm going 1940s Rebecca. Ah, <laughs> just before you said it, I was going to bloody say it. Uh, the Alfred Hitchcock Best Picture winner. Yep, yep. Wow. I hope it's good. I saw that during the 250 Challenge, and I, I cannot tell you anything about it. Mm, not a good sign. Well, I was rushing through like seven films a day at that time, so I didn't really think about it as soon as it was finished. But I'm optimistic. It is Hitchcock, after all. Did win Best Picture. But we'll find out about that in two weeks' time, because next week it is Pod v Pod 42. That's a lot of Pod v Pods, Hendo. It is. Some will say too many. Actually, no one says that. Others, too few. Yes. We're going to have another amazing guest on next week. We'll also be talking about what else we've been watching for the last month. So it's going to be a good time. So thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode. And we will see you next week for Pod v Pod 42. Bye.